Welcome to the Blockdown Podcast, brought to you by EOK Digital, the number one blockchain PR and communications agency. Every week, we're sharing pearls of wisdom about the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency. Don't forget to subscribe and review our podcast so we can bring you even more great content. Welcome back. Next, we have a very, very special fireside chat. The host of our fireside chat started her broadcast journalist uh, career specializing in business and finance for a Swiss bank. During her time in Switzerland, she became aware of the potential of blockchain and cryptocurrencies. She relocated to Malta to launch the first blockchain TV station in 2018 and has proceeded to work with large corporate events focusing on blockchain and emerging tech. She has a true passion to help bridge the knowledge gap for newcomers. Please welcome our host, Jessica Walker. Hi, thank you so much. It's great to talk to everyone. Fantastic. Um, and, and Jessica will be joined by a man who doesn't need any uh, introduction. Uh, he's been in this crypto space since 2005. Um, he quit his role as head of uh, Bloomberg Tradebook uh futures research and development team and moved to Shanghai to start a company called Fusion Systems. Soon thereafter, he learned about Bitcoin and joined blockchain.info as head of technology. He is a serial entrepreneur with an impressive track record of successful startups. He launched none other than Binance in 2017 and within 180 days grew to the biggest uh, cryptocurrency uh, trading platform in the world. An expert in blockchain and trading systems, he has built Binance into a leading blockchain ecosystem comprised of uh, Binance Exchange, Labs, Launchpad, Info, Academy, Research, Trust Wallet, and Charity Foundation. Please put your virtual hands together for the one, the only, CZ. Welcome, CZ. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. Very, very welcome. All right, Jessica, it's, uh, it's all you. Thank you so much. And CZ, it's so great to talk to you again. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. It's good to talk to you again, too. Yes, it was in Malta in 2018 and it was at the president of Malta's palace. So it was a, ve a very, uh, a very grand, uh, grand scene compared to what we're in now. And 2020 has just been a crazy year. So I want to jump in and I've got some questions for you. First of all, 2020 has been a really busy year for Binance. And I think one of the leading things that people really picked up on was the acquisition of CoinMarketCap as well. That was huge industry news. So I want to ask you, how's 2020 been for you? Um, it's been rocky in terms of uh, the whole global environment and every, everything else. Uh, Business-wise, if you just look at the exchange business, it's actually doing quite well. Um, even though the Bitcoin price dropped, um, but we're seeing a lot more trading activity. So <clears throat> the trading volumes on uh, our exchange, as well as other exchanges, are mostly more than tripled or uh, mostly 5x. So, um, and, um, so business is going quite well from the crypto exchange business perspective. But I, I do understand that uh, it, larger economy-wise, um, there's, there's quite a lot of negative impact. Um, but... Um, so far, I think uh, things are okay. Things are a little bit more difficult, less travel, less um, international businesses, et cetera. But um, uh, luckily, for crypto, most crypto businesses do operate as online virtual businesses, or at least they could. Uh, many of them used to have an office uh, that people go to together, but Binance didn't have that before. Uh, so it didn't really impact us that much. 
for CoinMarketCap, I think we've been talking about the deal um, a few months ago, even at, towards the end of last year, and you just only, it was just the execution that took a long time. Um, so I'm very excited that uh, we are able to uh, complete the deal, uh, even in slightly tougher economic times. But I think um, if you look at the industry long term, five, 10 years later, I think both Binance.com, the crypto exchange, as well as CoinMarketCap, um, the uh, what I call the information provider for crypto, the lending page of crypto, I think they will both grow quite well. Fantastic. And it's certainly exciting. There's definitely a lot of a lot of expectations there that our viewers will be excited to see. When we look at, obviously, you've mentioned some of this change that we have seen digital, especially now with COVID-19 really encouraging people to work from homes. Have you noticed any surprises when it comes to cryptocurrency price movement? Obviously, we saw a few weeks ago there was this initial market reaction to what was a huge dent to the, the global economy. So I think there's two things I actually didn't really expect. Um, two things kind of went counterintuitively. Um, everyone thought the Bitcoin price will go up when there's an economic crisis. Um, but basically what happens is that when, when the stock market is so large, like, like 60 trillion or something, um, when, the, when, when, that, when that market tanks by 5%, um, there's a lot of money disappearing from people's hands and people are just basically short on cash. And um, there's a lot more people who wants to convert either their cryptos into uh, fiat cash. So that's actually people selling cryptos um, uh, at the same time. So they were kind of uh, uh, in, high, in, high, in correlation. And then um, uh, what we, uh, the second thing, I, so that I didn't expect actually, but after you think about it, it actually makes sense. Um, the second thing I didn't expect is to see higher vo trading volumes uh, when, um, when the price drops. Historically, uh, in the past, whenever price drops and stabilizes at a low price, um, the trading volume is lower and, um, and the exchange revenues are uh, lower. And whereas in this drop, we actually see much higher trading volumes. Um, so in that sense, I actually don't think it will. Uh, so that, that basically means there's a lot more people coming into the industry, actually. There's a, more, a lot more activity. Usually when that happens, the price don't stay low for, for too long. But um, again, I could be wrong. Both of those two things happen uh, against my intuition. So my, my, this intuition may be wrong as well. Um, so, but uh, those things are fairly, fairly interesting. And it goes to show that you can't really predict the market that well, uh, or at least I can't. So, uh, but overall though, uh, things, are going, th things for, uh, for our industry is going quite well. I think people are not understanding now with the very heavy amount of quantitative easing, uh, when that money is distributed to people's hands, um, I think a portion of them will come into crypto and that'd be good for our space. And that's a really interesting point because a lot of people are really concerned that if we look at the US economy and this, this printing of more money that we are seeing, these QEs, this economic stimulus, are you expecting in the next, say from now until two years as a time frame, that actually this will spur the adoption of cryptocurrencies because we are set to have an inflation issue potentially on our hand when it comes to fiat currencies? Absolutely. So um, I think that basically... Uh, everyone's kind of e expecting things to happen immediately on a daily basis. So the minute that uh, the Fed's print money, the Bitcoin price should go up because people should be using those money to buy crypto. But no one, no one has gotten that money yet. Um, and they're still trying to figure out how to distribute that money. Um, the expectation of the money will come, uh, I think already boosts a lot of confidence in the crypto industry, um, or, or at least boosts uh, preference in, for people holding crypto because it's a... Um, uh, deflationary or at least not inflationary asset, and uh, <clears throat> I think uh, I think two years is probably about uh, uh, the really good time frame that you mentioned. Um, it takes it takes some time for the effects to come in. 
Uh, to be honest, I think it will be shorter than two years, but it's definitely longer than a few days. So I think in a few months or so, uh, we probably will see uh, quite a lot of the uh, sort of uh, uh, logics play out. Um, mathematics works. Uh, if you increase supply of the fiat currency, um, and Bitcoin is a limited, uh, uh, limited uh, amount asset, um, mathematics will eventually work. So um, yeah, so I think I think we'll see those impacts coming coming like in um, I think in a few months time. And we heard in your bio there that you um, went, the, the moderator read it out, that actually you used to work uh, for Bloomberg. So when we look at the financial markets, have you seen anything like this before? And is this kind of situation here that we're seeing, is this the reason why you got involved in cryptocurrencies in the first place? Uh, yes, to some extent. Um, well, actually, I want to correct the moderator a little bit. Okay. I think I may have heard wrong. Uh, I think the moderator said I got into the crypto space uh, in 2005. Um, uh, I left Bloomberg in 2005. Um, the crypto space did, didn't exist back then. Um, so I, I don't know if I heard that, if I misheard that. Uh, but um, um, I, I left Bloomberg in 2005. I worked there for four years before that. Um, I, was the, um, I was the head of a Trebook Futures R&D team. So basically, anything to do with futures trading on the technology side was was part of uh, was under me. Uh, I was quite young then. Um, that's 2005. So that's like 15 years ago. Um, and then, um, but that taught me a lot about like how financial markets work. Uh, especially well, now, it helps a lot with like how futures work, how options work, etc. I've always been working in the financial tech field. Um, and but uh, and then 2008 when 2008 happened, um, so I that was like my first experience with like okay, well, um, a big bank, um, 600 billion dollars can disappear overnight. Um, that's Lehman Brothers. So um, that kind of actually, uh, so I was like thir uh, 20, uh, late 20s, early 30s. Uh, so that's that's when like okay, I can really understand this. Uh, and then later on, um, it was I only discovered Bitcoin like in 2000. 13-ish actually, so I didn't really get involved that early, but um, once I once 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 I came uh, eventually come across Bitcoin, I was like, okay, this is the thing. So um, I think all of those early experiences do help. Yeah, completely agree with you. And I think for a lot of people that used to work in the financial industry, that's why they've kind of fallen in love with the the freedom and the decentralization of crypto. On the investment topic, I do want to touch on IEO investments because IEO investments, it seems to be getting smaller. So in your opinion, do you see a future for the IEO industry at the moment amid this volatility that we're seeing? Uh, yes, so I do. I am still very confident in the IEO market. Um, I actually don't really call it IEO, which is a much narrower definition. Um, there's a broader uh, term I use, which is blockchain fundraising. Um, I think this is the first time that well, blockchain allows humans um, in our history, first time to be able to raise money globally uh, on projects that you wish to take on. Um, and in 2017, it was too hot. Uh, that, that, that was not normal either. Um, so the market always overreacts either on the high side or the bottom side. Uh, right now, we are definitely in a tough uh, market, uh, economically speaking. Uh, everyone's very, um, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of uh, volatility, there's a lot of um, uh, uh, fear. So naturally right now is a really tough time to raise money. Um, but I, uh, well, we're continuing with uh, uh, one of the IEO projects uh, as we speak right now. So there's one going on uh, on Binance Launchpad uh, right now. And um, so um, the, the amount raised is actually very, very small. It's like, um, I don't, I, I, it's like $2 million or something. Um, so right now, is a t right now for the next couple of weeks or months, uh, maybe a really tough time to raise money. 
but we've seen this kind of cycles uh, historically as well um, in VC markets, in internet markets. There are there are days where that, that's really easy. To, uh, there are years where they're really easy to. It's really easy to raise money. If you have a business plan, uh, all the VCs are chasing you. So, like if you look at '95, '97, '98, um, come 2000, 2001, um, it's really hard to raise money, uh, even for dot-com companies. So we've seen this kind of cycles going back and forth, even in traditional markets. Um, but what blockchain brings is that now uh, you no longer need to sort of uh, go uh, the VC tradition, the VC round A, B, C, D, E, F, and IPO. Um, the institutional investors cash out, the retail guys, uh, the CEO gets a big bonus, um, the retail guys gets left holding the bag, and the, C the company makes to be a really large public company, then uh, CEOs take big, uh, big packages and then leave, um, and then the government had to bail, bail them out. So that, so that game is played too long, and that, uh, everyone knows the rules of the game, everyone, or not everyone, a lot of people knows how to play it, and they do game it. Um, this is why we're seeing some of the pro problems we have. Whereas uh, blockchain fundraising, um, uh, ICOs, IEOs, ICOs, like, they were too hot in 2017. Um, so now uh, the market has corrected. Some people did get hurt, uh, but uh, there was no, well, there was very few uh, government intervention. But look, um, if, you, if you raise money and couldn't deliver your project, in some countries, there are severe consequences. In other countries, people stop investing. I think right now we're kind of in the overreaction part where we're kind of at the bottom. Uh, but I think, um, uh, entrepreneurs uh, in the future world, uh, the world will be better for entrepreneurs. Now you can raise money globally with people who approve of you and like your projects and want to want to back you up. So um, and they also enjoy some of the rewards, um, assuming that you are you are a legit entrepreneur and businessman. So um, I think that will continue to be a huge hit. Um, I think basically 2017 is too too crazy. We're kind of overcracking too 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 cool a bit. Um, but then I think it will eventually sort of uh, uh, steadily uh, uh, um, increase. Um, I think the number of, um, I believe the number of, of blockchain fundraising activities and the fundraised amount will continue, will continue to increase on a year-to-year -year basis uh, over the next 10, 20 years. So I think this is a killer app that we didn't have before. And um, yeah, just to add a little bit more, um, especially as a person that have gone through it, uh, we did the ICO in 2017 and we are one of the successful projects. I understand a lot of projects failed and a lot, a, a lot of investors also lost money on those projects, but we, we give very good returns for our investors from uh, 2017 till now. And so there are good examples of how a blockchain fundraising project could work and could work well. So um, hopefully there'll be more of those in the future. And uh, but I do think it will stay. Fantastic. And you mentioned 2017 there, and, and 2017 was a hugely successful year for Binance, and it really led you to be one of the leading kind of blockchain entrepreneurs. And a lot of people in the industry do look to you and see what your future movements are. This is a difficult time for people in business, and especially people in an emerging industry, and they're trying to really gain some credibility as well and some fundamental kind of leverage moving forward. What kind of messages would you say to uh, fellow business entrepreneurs that are now trying to make their way through? This is a really difficult time. Yes. Okay. Um, so uh, there's always two sides of the, uh, to the coin. Um, I think basically 2017 wasn't an easy year for us. Um, so um, and uh, right now is not an easy time for most people or most businesses. But there's always, uh, and in this non uh, really difficult times, there's also a lot more uh, volatility, a lot more chaos. 
at, at the same time, a lot more opportunity. So it's really just a matter of uh, uh, keeping, uh, identifying those opportunities early and work really hard at them. Um, there are ways to survive. There are, uh, there are still money flowing around to some extent. We are still doing the IEO and I, I'm pretty confident we will be able to raise the money for the project. Um, in 2017, uh, we started in July. Um, China issued a, a exchange ban uh, in China uh, in September. So that's really literally two months after we started. So that was actually a very difficult time. Um, and we, we, uh, we coped with it. Uh, we adjusted our uh, business approach. We uh, pivoted and we made a number of really tough decisions. And then, uh, uh, and then that actually helped us. Uh, so from October to, to December, the, crypt, the crypto market was, growing, uh, was going really, really strong. So um, uh, in, in, in tough times, there's actually more opportunity. And I think if, even if you look at today, um, I, the overall economy is definitely going to be hurt for the next few months, at least, if not years. Um, but at the same time, there are industries that are so, uh, thriving, that will, that will survive. Um, I think cryptocurrencies, blockchain uh, technology will definitely be one of them. Uh, luckily, we are in this business. There are many other businesses uh, online, uh, anything that's online or virtual, people can do at home. Um, I think the coronavirus situation is going to change social behavior for good. Um, so like, don't expect people to sort of, uh, after a few, few months, come out of coronavirus and uh, go back to, they, I think people's behaviors will change. Um, even down to little things like, uh, I, never used a, I never used a steamer in my apartment before, but now I actually have used it. So now I'm actually learning how to cook, uh, which is something that I, I never bothered to do before. So I think pe people's behaviors are, are going to be changed. So either it's um, uh, deliveries or home services, uh, self-cooking or gaming, uh, e-commerce, uh, anything that requires more dist like remote working. Um, in all of these areas, uh, any business that can leverage those kind of um, advantages, uh, I think will thrive. And we have, uh, luckily, we have Binance com uh, the finance team has always been working remotely and we, we're really capitalizing on this right now where many other businesses are still trying to adjust on how to work remotely like what do we do what does work from home mean like what kind of equipment do they need what kind of security do they need to design etc whereas we like i think if anybody who's followed binance they can see that binance didn't skip a bit uh, a bit and uh, we're continuing to continue to release feature after feature um, usually like multiple features a day. So I think there's a lot of, um, there's actually more opportunities right now, uh, just as long as you can uh, identify it. There will be different opportunities from the ones you had before. So um, a lot of business plans need, need, needs a lot of pivoting. Um, so, but th there are a lot of opportunities. I think basically uh, stay strong, work hard um, and work smart. And you're right that I don't think a lot of people will just automatically bounce back. I know here in Malta, a lot of people now don't accept cash. And as a Mediterranean island before, you always had to have cash on you. So even programming people, especially older Maltese locals, to start to use contactless payments, it is subconsciously teaching people to live a different way. So it is a really interesting time. And looking now at Binance's roadmap, what kind of other things do you have in store for, for the rest of 2020, even looking ahead into 2021? Um, we have, so, um, well, in Binance, there's, uh, there's always a lot of things that happen. Um, I actually don't really have a, a very concrete roadmap. Um, so we, the way we kind of organize, um, is a complete chaos, to be honest. Um, so to any, 
anybody who joins Binance team, uh, so anybody looking at Binance team from outside, they always think Binance is going to be a really well-organized and uh, well-led, good team. Uh, the minute they join, they'll be like, Jesus Christ, this is total chaos. And that's basically how we operate. So in terms of, um, we have a lot of new projects going on and we have a lot of new experiments. Um, I actually don't know which one's going to actually be released or not uh, uh, to, some, to some extent. Um, some of the larger projects I do that they do require they do get my nod to like sort of go ahead, but we're usually quite relaxed about it. So this at any time there's like 20 different things going on. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, I know we have a big announcement on Binance Chain coming out very soon, and uh, we have a number of other uh, new features coming out. And honestly, I don't know which one's going to be a I don't know I don't know which one's going to be a hit. Um, for example, in early 2019 when we first launched IEOs. I actually didn't think it was going to have such a big impact in the industry. I thought, look, uh, it's just a project raising, I think the first IEO was raising $3 million. I'm like, um, that's, that's not the amount, the amount raised in the, in the bigger picture of things. It's really nothing. Uh, we actually didn't expect that to be able to sort of uh, have a positive trigger effect to sort of help the entire crypto industry to sort of uh, recover. I don't know if that cost it, but that correlation-wise, that actually did happen at the very bottom of uh, Bitcoin's price. Um, so there's always a number of things we're trying. Um, uh, we are going to launch a Binance debit card where you can swipe, um, uh, you can swipe a card, and the merchants gets crypto. Uh, sorry, the merchants gets fiat, and you spend crypto. So this way, we can allow the two parallel worlds to work at the same time. And um, um, we're launching more fiat gateways uh, all around the world. So we allow people to more easily come into crypto using fiat. Uh, this is something we didn't do before. Um, futures is doing really, really well. So even in the uh, futures have grown to be the number one uh, futures platform in the industry now, uh, even over the last few months or so. So again, it's a it's a tough market, but we're actually getting gaining market share. Um, so there's, there's always a number of things. We just released options. Uh, it's a very simple type of options. Uh, we may release more advanced type of options for. Uh, the more advanced traders, but um, so there's always uh, different things we're trying. I don't know which one's going to be a big hit. To be honest. <laughs> it's anyone's game, who knows? But the Binance card is really interesting because do you think that will start to get more people familiar with crypto and also potentially more merchants just to understand a little bit more about cryptocurrency? Well, I think the biggest thing for um, uh, well, there's really two things I hope to well, I hope that Binance Card program will be able to achieve. But uh, at the same time, I think well, first of all, there's a lot of risks there. You may you may not take off. Uh, you may not work. The fees may be too high, etc. Um, because the cards are still country by country, um, there's still a lot of risks there. But ideally, the concept would be that um, no, number one, the number one goal is you allow uh, the merchants to um, accept fiat. And um, uh, the 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 the, uh, uh, the customer can pay in whatever current cryptocurrency they they have. This way, um, solves one of the historic problems of um, payments for crypto. Uh, one of the reasons I think uh, payments for crypto have not taken off is um, if you uh, if you look at the number of um, people holding crypto in the in, in the population, that's probably 0.1 percent of people who who has crypto. So it's one in one thousand. And if you ask the merchants to install a POS system that accepts crypto, that adds 0.1% to his sales, he's not going to do it. He's like, why, why do I bother? And all of those guys have fiat. Um, so this is really hard. This is a chicken and egg problem that's really hard to solve. And so we've seen that all the pure crypto payment solutions don't take off. Uh, but now with the uh, 
being able to spend uh, swipe a credit card uh, or debit card uh, and spend crypto solves that problem. It, it attaches crypto payments onto the traditional rails. This way, the to the merchants is transparent. He's he's basically accepting crypto without knowing it, um, and to him, he accepts fiat. So so that I think that will slowly solve the chicken egg problem. So now there's a ramp we can there's a rail we can latch onto. Um, so instead of a, a creating a new rail, um, so that's one key. The other key is basically we we now will allow people to stay in crypto um, uh, much much uh, longer. So. Before even myself, right? Uh, if I travel to some place, I have to. I'll, I'll have like I would need five hundred dollars of euros in Malta or uh, five hundred dollars in, in somewhere else. I actually have to like sort of uh, sell a little bit of a, a crypto beforehand, uh, do a withdrawal to either a bank account or do whatever, and then convert it, um, and hopefully find a friend to sort of uh, get cash or something. Um, that whole thing. For most people to keep a portion of their uh, of their um, uh, 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 assets in, in fiat, whereas right now, um, look now if now you can just spend your crypto directly. You don't need to do that conversion. You don't need to hold that amount in fiat. You just convert when you have to pay. Um, so that allows people to stay in crypto much longer. Um, so I think that's uh, from that fundamental concept perspective is really neat. Um, again, but there's a lot of issues in the devil's in the details. There's a lot of issues in the actual implementation and rollout. So we'll see how that goes. I think it's interesting because a lot of people now are saying that actually they might need to withdraw some of their crypto that they had as almost like a safe haven asset or a, a mode of savings, you know, they've kind of put in months and months. Uh, so the fact they can use that to pay in small payments if there is some job uncertainty and maybe they're not getting paid in fiat, just to be able to have that ease of conversion, it has a lot of appeal, which hopefully might become more of a future mentality for crypto holders as well. Yes, uh, I absolutely think so. So um, it's basically it solves a big problem for me. I, I, no long, I no longer need to worry about fiat at all. I just swipe that card wherever, wherever I go. And um, so, uh, uh, so I think this, uh, it definitely solves the, one of the sort of uh, problems for the hardcore uh, crypto uh, guys who just wants to hold crypto. Uh, it also makes it easier for the, for the less hardcore guys to convert, uh, move on to, into this uh, spectrum. So um, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully, um, but then again, um, there's a lot of implementation details because uh, you got to get uh, card issuers in different countries to work with you. You got to do risk checks, etc. So th uh, there's many details, but the fundamental logic is very sound. Okay, awesome. Well, I think we're coming to the end of our segment now as well. So it was so amazing, Susie, to, to talk to you and to catch up. Thank you so much. Uh, and best of luck for the rest of the year. Stay safe as well. And uh, we hope to catch up in future digital events very soon. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. I hope to see you very soon as well. Yeah, cheers. Thank you so much. Well, that's all from us here. We hope you like this segment. Thank you guys so very, very much, CZ. It's always inspiring to hear um, what you have up your sleeve uh, in, in all of the time that you've been in the industry. You've pushed the envelope forward. Uh, we really appreciate your time because we know how busy you are. Jessica, absolutely amazing. Thank you very, very much for joining Blockdown 2020. Thanks for listening to the Blockdown podcast. To connect with us on social media, buy tickets for the next Blockdown event, or find out more about EAK Digital, head to the show notes for further information and links to everything. See you next week.